the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back in. Rob Black and your money. Hopefully everyone's enjoying the holiday season. I know I'm distracted. Let's bring in Patrick O'Hare, one of my favorite guests from the year, Chief Market Analyst, Briefing.com. How are you, Patrick? Hi, Rob. I'm doing, uh, doing well. Thanks. Okay, let's, let's talk... I don't know how to make this good radio. Maybe you do. Volcker rules, Volcker rules voting. What does it mean for capitalism? What does it mean for Wall Street? Can you possibly sum it up for us? Well, uh, the you know at first blush, what one would argue what it means for capitalism is that it's uh, kind of anti-capitalism, you know, and that the government is essentially you know these regulars are telling the banks you know how to run their businesses, and so. It uh, has drawn a lot of criticism from that standpoint. Um, you know, at the end of the day, though, um, it is taking these banks and making them less risky, so to speak. Uh, and the idea is that that should translate into uh, uh, more dependable uh, returns and more traditional banking activities that are to the greater benefit of Main Street. And um, you know, it's a rule that, uh, as I said earlier, has drawn a lot of criticism, but, uh, you know, it really hasn't stopped these financials at all this year. You know, it's one of the best-performing sectors, you know, of the year. And, um, you know, and you know, from my vantage point, I think, frankly, if they're not taking such high-risk activities and with their trading um, books, um, you know, it could ultimately be, be a good thing. One of the things that I've always said on radio is that, you want to watch the banks. If the banks are doing well as stocks, it means that they're lending money. If they're lending money, it means good things for capitalism. I guess I could still say that because this is more about trading than lending. Absolutely, you know. And I mean, it, it, I, it, if I recall correctly, you know, when the whole uh, London Whale episode came out, and you know, J.P. Morgan, I think, it lost something like six billion dollars or so on that trade. It was a you know massive trading loss. But like uh, Jamie Dimon said, that that's that was a drop in the bucket relative to kind of what they they lose lending money, right? And no one's arguing or, or you know raising uh, <clears throat> any great concern about you know what they might lose in, in their lending activity. But you know, to your point, um, the real profits generated by these banks that uh, are, are generated out of their you know their lending activities, not out of their their trading activities. That kind of makes all the you know really. You know, big headlines, obviously, but you know, at the end of the day, you do you want banks lending money, uh, and that's going to translate well uh, into the into the broader economy when there's you know demand for that money and it starts turning over and and it just uh, has that snowball effect. So let's change the topic ever so slightly and take a look at 2014. What are you expecting as a market analyst, Patrick, for 2014? 
Right. You know, one of the ideas that uh, can, uh, the thoughts that concerns me really is that, you know, we've had such a good year here in 2013. It does make me wonder if we have um, pulled forward returns so to speak, from 2014, right? So you've had uh, the stock market, the S&P 500, up 27% year-to-date uh, on earnings growth that's likely to be, you know, in the neighborhood of about 5%, right? So we certainly have priced in a lot of good earnings uh, prospects, if you will, for 2014 in 2013, uh, and I think we probably have pulled forward some of that uh, return. Uh, you can say the same thing probably, maybe even for, for auto sales, which are, you know, running at a 17 million, you know, annual rate, uh, tremendous, uh, possibly pulled forward some of the home sales demand, uh, given the expectation that interest rates are going to be moving higher as the economy picks up. Um, so as far as the expectation for 2014, uh, we're not looking for a, you know, a down year, a da big down year <clears throat> necessarily, but we think that the return is likely to be a lot more modest because we have, um, in fact, pulled forward that demand. And if I can give you, you know, one stat or up here, um, looking back since 1929, uh, the average price return for the S&P 500 in the third year following a gain of 10% or more in each of the previous two years, like we've had in 2012 and 2013, that average price return has been minus 1.25%. Um, so it's a really tall order here, I think, to expect some uh, very robust gains again in 2014 after we've seen such a tremendous run over the last two years in particular. So you're saying buy the pharmaceuticals because they make antidepressants and you just brought me way down and I'm going to be consuming some antidepressants. I wanted you to say the market goes up 50% following a great year. Well, you know, maybe it does, you know, right? I mean, right. I don't think anyone was looking for that, uh, you know, near 30% return, you know, this year when the when the year started. In fact, I went back and looked at a lot of the uh, leading uh, forecasters' prognostications and a lot of them were, you know, looking, you know, uh, S&P 500 year-end, you know, 1550, 1600. We're obviously well above that. Um, anything is possible, Rob, and you obviously know that. Um, but we do think with, you know, profit margins at record levels already, um, you know, that it's, it's it's asking a lot knowing that there's going to be some disruption likely in the interest rate complex as the market tries to adjust to this new tapering reality, uh, you know, the easy money from the quantitative easing trade has been has been made. And it's going to take some time for, um, you know, the market to adjust to uh, basically, you know, transition from the new normal of getting more quantitative easing all the time to the new normal of getting less quantitative easing all the time. So, um, uh, you know, we'll just have to see how that all pans out. But the path that long-term interest rates take how fast they go up and why they're going up is going to be a real key factor as uh, 2014 unfolds. I really like three news services when it comes to money. I like Bloomberg, I like the Wall Street Journal, and I like Briefing. How do you pull off, like today there's a news source on your website, uh, your in-play feature. Wells Fargo at Goldman Sachs Financial Services Conference have seen some encouraging news last few weeks. How do you pull off news gathering from conferences tied towards financials so quickly and you boil it down so well. Right. Well, it comes from, uh, you know, having been at this briefing.com is, uh, believe it or not, it's 20 years old. 
Um, yep. So we're a, we're a dinosaur. Well, maybe that's the wrong term. We're 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 uh, of advanced age in terms of dot com you know organizations. But uh, really, though, given that longstanding history, we've had a lot of time to develop you know industry contacts uh, and certainly know where and when to go for information as it relates to some of the headlines you just mentioned. And so uh, we basically you know have perfected that art. And uh, and it's been very successful and very helpful, we think, for subscribers to our, our certainly for our in-place service. <clears throat> I, what I basically said for those who weren't paying attention, you're reporting from a conference in real time, headlines that move stocks, and I appreciate it because I don't have the time or the money to go to all these conferences. Um, so props to you yet again. Um, different topic. Yesterday, I got two phone calls within five minutes of each other during the show, Mr. O'Hare, on Twitter. And you know, I was like, uh-oh, Twitter must be hitting a new high. Instantly, right. in my head, the, the bells went off. Um, what advice do you give friends and family at the Christmas table when they're asking about stocks like Twitter, when you want them to be asking about other types of stocks, say, a boring old industrial? Well, you know, the advice is that, you know, when something is, uh, you know, seemingly too good to be true, it, you know, it often is. Um, and, uh, and what I mentioned to them is that, you know, the market we've seen unfold in 2013 is a, a momentum-driven market. Um, right. There's a lot of liquidity sloshing around out there, and uh, headline stocks are the ones that have been real beneficiaries of that, you know, increased liquidity. And so you kind of have this piling on effect. Everyone's chasing the hot name, and it works for a while, but one day it doesn't, you know. And when it doesn't, it can hurt bad, and it can hurt in a hurry. And like I mentioned, uh, you know, several weeks back, right in front of Tesla's earning report, you know, made that same point. You know, Tesla has stabilized here in recent sessions, but that was a stock that was at 190 bucks a share not that long ago, and it went below 130, you know, um, and it dropped 25%, I think, in a span of three sessions when it uh, didn't have the uh, the most robust outlook that, uh, you know, owners of that stock were hoping for when it reported earnings. And so, you know, when you think of Twitter, uh, it's obviously got a lot of mind share, no doubt about it, a lot of users of that service. Uh, it's a great company. It just might not be the great stock every one thinks it is, and uh, you're really going to need to uh, take a step back from it and let this company uh, report some actual, you know, earnings results to get a better feel for, you know, how it's performing relative to the very lofty expectations that have been priced into that name. We've got a couple minutes left, Pat. As always, what are you working on that you want us to know about at this point in time? Well, I got to tell you, Rob, I think you stole some of my insight earlier because I was going to mention them. I am working on our market view uh, right now and uh, should be able to, to uh, uh, divulge a lot more uh, when we speak next week. But that's my main point of emphasis right now is to kind of like try and, you know, really filter and uh, all the stuff that we have in front of us right now to lay out, uh, you know, our expectations in a very, you know, digestible written format. So that's my, my number one priority right now. But at the same time, just kind of like needing to uh, be really focused on the interconnectedness of the market right now. Uh, the tapering issue is, is you know, front and center, right? Uh, we've heard about it ad nauseum. I'm kind of getting tired of talking about it. You know, a lot of people are probably getting tired of hearing me talk about it, but it is what it is. And so you've had some interesting relationships since that employment report was released. You've seen treasuries actually rally in the wake of that, and you've seen stocks rally in the wake of that. Uh, it's an important dynamic because it suggests either uh, the market um, 
uh, doesn't think a tapering is coming in December, or it's not living in fear of a tapering. Um, and both, I, you know, arguably are good fact, good good thoughts for the stock market as we uh, look at the early part of 2014. Thanks very much. It's Patrick O'Hare, Chief Market Analyst, Briefing.com. Seriously, if you just spend a little bit of time playing with that information, I think it rubs off and makes you a smarter investor. Briefing provides independent live market analysis of the U.S. and international equity markets. He's been around 20 years. I've been following him for, I think, 18. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial on the Wall Street Business Network. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.